And the show started. What's up? Hey, Pat's not sick at all, so perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I feel great. (laughs) You sound sound great. There's nothing better than listening to somebody while they're sick um, on a radio show or anything like that. Thanks. You know, I don't feel like I have the best voice anyway, so whatever. Yeah, it's like kind of a wash, right? Right. There was one time that I was volunteering uh, at a the Chicago Lighthouse, which is for blind people, and uh, somebody has to read them the like uh, they can't read a newspaper. So what they have is they have volunteers go in and you read you basically just read a newspaper all the way through, like even the coupon section or all the different sections of it. But I had a horrible cold, uh, similar to how yours sounds right now, but maybe even a little worse, and. It, I could just tell it was probably just torture for whoever the blind people listening on the other end because uh, they they broadcast it out to like thousands of people and you're just hearing me like nasally and uh, sounding sick just you know they, they just had to listen there's no way everybody anybody listened to that whole thing so my, my question to you is what inspired you to do that uh, to read to the blind is that what you're talking yeah. about yeah. Um, yeah they needed a uh, so through my dad's company, they have a volunteer week. And so they just have a lot of volunteer opportunities. And even though I don't work at the company, you can still like sign up for like their open spots. If I just tell my dad, Hey, I want to sign up. And then he signs up and then I just end up taking the spot. So, uh, I was like, Hey, this is some good, uh, you know, podcast practice. And then also it's a nice thing. It helps out. So I'm like double whammy. Maybe people want to hear my voice. Little did I know I ended up being sick. And then they definitely did not want to hear my voice. I'm all about me, baby. Uh, so, it's so facto bad choice but uh the thing is i I would do it more but it is uh the times that they have available that i could do are like before work and if i were to start doing it before work i'd have to leave like right now the way i get to my office it's like right when traffic starts to die down so if i were to try to get there any earlier even like 30 minutes i would have to leave like it would instead of taking me taking like 55 minutes to get to work it would take like an hour and 20 an hour and 30 minutes if i were to even try to get there 30 minutes earlier you poor thing yeah yeah so, so yeah poor me that's what i wanted i wanted some <laughs> some sadness uh pat i wanted to talk about uh before i'm not even going to ask you how your week was because i think everybody knows you had a huge week this week you wrote the uh the, the music blog for the joe somebody soundtrack Oh my God! Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I did do that. Yeah, you did. And you know what? <laughs> it actually took a long time. <laughs> well, it, that's that's what I was okay. When I first like saw it, I was like, okay, I figured you just like kind of put it together real fast like that. After I read, you know, I read through the whole thing, and this is it's first of all, it's very funny, 
And secondly, it's okay. very, very in-depth. Well, I, I didn't want to, you know, fake it. I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, it was okay. You know, nice public reception. You know, I wanted to actually listen to the songs, which was not good in most cases, you know. So, yeah, you have to add it all the time. But the thing is, is I did, like, write while I was listening. Yeah. I didn't listen to the whole thing and then go and write it. Like, I did it while I was listening, and then if anything happened, that would change what I was saying. Did anything ever happen? Um, no, I mean, I guess, like, there was this one song. I don't even remember the name of the songs now, but there was this one, like, acoustic song towards the end of the soundtrack was performed by some female artist and i was like you know what this sounds okay you know i've been hating on this whole soundtrack it sounds all right and then like as i'm listening i'm also you know like what reading about how the song came about it's like oh she didn't even write it it's like I just yeah soundtrack (laughs) yeah oh wait she didn't even write it Uh, the the song i'm looking at here is called songbird by christine mcvee and yeah, then I was, uh, like, you know, I was like, oh, that's so, you know, it's genuine. It feels nice. And <laughs> I was saying all these nice things. And then I was like, oh, she didn't even write it. So I'm going to kind of change what I said. <laughs> nice performance. Oh, we should have write it. Classic, nice performance. Yeah, there's what what I realized in this is that you did not like most of the songs on the soundtrack. No, not at all. And it's crazy. There's one song I really want to listen to ever again. Uh, I'm trying to look. The highest I see is like a three out of five. I'm assuming this is out of five. Yes. Yeah, uh, I didn't even know how to rate it at first. I never like read that kind of stuff, and it just seems like it's kind of like on the movie scale, like out of stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah the, yeah, the highest I see here is three out of five. That's not great. And then uh, it just yeah, it, it's yeah, very in depth. And you couldn't find two of the songs, which is just crazy. Like to think that there was a song on a soundtrack, like a big movie soundtrack. I don't think there was a bigger movie at the time than Joe Somebody. I think we can all agree with that, right? That was kind of like a, a summer blockbuster of the ages, really. Um, no. And uh, so to, to see like that the there's... movie that was playing on like HBO reruns when there was nothing going on. Well, I mean, everybody has their different opinions on, on Joe Somebody, and I think that's... That's when I seen it, at least. It was like a summer. We had an HBO package where we had like seven different HBO channels, and that would like periodically pop up. No, it's like it was like a huge deal. Like it was like Tim Allen's comeback. Everybody was saying it was the best thing um, since Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it was like there was a lot of weird comparisons that people were making. Um, Julie Bowen, holy hell, man! Yeah, Julie Bowen is uh, she's from Happy Gilmore. Always been a fan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Joe, somebody huge at the time. But anyway, uh, what? There's two songs on the soundtrack you couldn't find. No, and, so I was like thinking, like, what are we even doing here? Are we just—is this somebody's nephew or something? Like, I can't even find <laughs> it on the internet. How can you not? I feel like I've never heard of a song you can't find on the internet. It's so weird. Well, Everything's on the internet. One song too that like wasn't on YouTube, was on Spotify. I'm not gonna buy it on iTunes. I'll tell you that much. And so I'm looking through it, and I found it on some like really weird website, and it was like a 30 second clip of the song. Yeah, and you probably got a virus. Well, you know, it happens. Yeah, yeah, whatever. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was uh, this was actually big news here, Pat. Uh, if I could put ten mice in my pants at once for a thousand dollars, I would. The uh, just this is actually just a big ESPN update that literally just came in while we we're sitting here. Bobby Portis on the Bulls just uh, punched Nico Miritich, 
and uh, Nico Mirtich oh, suffered a con- suffered a concussion and a jaw fracture. Well, you got to kick him off the team, right? <laughs> well, here's the deal. Other than my cousin Chad, I think probably oh, most people here's on the deal. If you do that outside of sports, you go to jail. That is true. I wondered that. You know, like how there's fights in hockey or there's yeah. baseball fights sometimes. Like, how is that not a crime? It's a very good point because you're totally right. Where if if I were to just go to some I love, bar, I love those kind of heated up moments. I love that. I, I think it in a practice. A game. Well, not in a practice. Practice. <laughs> you're just kind of a kind of a jerk, man. Yeah. So you know, it's you know, a. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I guess you. It, to you know, say my argument is bullshit. You have boxing and UFC, so maybe there's some sort of clause in there where it's like legally okay. Just basically, if you're playing a sport of any type, you can just punch somebody as long as it's a professional sport. I feel like you go, can't get away with that in high school. No. So yeah, I guess as I'm long as you're professional athletes, you kicked off the team. Yeah, but but you know this kind of stuff is happening before. I believe uh, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr one time in the '90s. It's a different day and age, man. That's true. That's your times are changing. I didn't ask for this. Yeah, wow. So that's uh, that's our live update there. That's our live update. Yeah. So uh, like I said, um, other than my cousin Chad, I think probably most people would punch Nico Mirtich in the face just for some reason or another. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree, Pat. It is weird that uh, he he's probably not going to get in trouble major for this. Maybe like the team will be like sit out a few games, but he's not going to get arrested for this. It's just a crazy type of you just punch some guy in a bar. Uh, they're going to be pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know There's gotta be You gotta get a face It is Shamrock Riding dirty Yeah I agree Did you Oh there's other Huge news too Do you hear in the world Of Instagram You've been following Instagram stuff Um Instagram's like Something I do When I can't sleep Okay so While you Were not sleeping Well maybe while you Were sleeping I don't know Did you see that Bad Piece 33 Changed his name To Pat Callahan 044 no, because I don't follow random strangers, Jared. <laughs> well, let's just to be clear, you could now follow Pat Callahan at Pat Callahan forty four or Pat Callahan zero forty four. Cool. <laughs> I just, I just thought you'd really appreciate that. Update? That I mean, it. I thought it was huge. In the world of Chubstep, that's about as big of news update as it gets. Yeah, uh, I still don't understand why, but okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think you ever will get it. <laughs> um. So, Pat. Uh, well, you, did you have any updates on the week? Whatever you've been, else you've been doing? I actually had a really busy weekend. I was kind of Ooh. upset you didn't ask. Well, I was going to get to it. Don't worry. I wasn't just going to skip it this week. I got uh, pretty turned up at a Polish wedding in Palis <laughs> with um, <laughs> it, was somebody, it was somebody's <laughs> wedding who it was my girlfriend's friend through work. And uh, I got to tell you, nobody was dancing except for like four people, including me. And I knew wow. like, nobody at that wedding. You were one of the rare, like, yeah. <laughs> you, I, that seems strange that you would be one of the few people dancing. Um. Well, like I said, I got pretty turned up. Oh, yeah. That, so. Wait, I now, now that I think about it, I did receive a very interesting picture from you. You did? Well, I, no, I, okay, I remember that. I was trying to repeat something I did at the last uh, yeah. wedding I was at. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. I just was cracking up when you sent me that picture. I was going to say Sunday, I went to our family had Oktoberfest. Ooh. Just like at your house? Have, um, not at my house. My aunt and uncle's house. My aunt is uh, 100% German. I think uh, they might be, what is that, second generation if your parents moved here? Uh, there's no way of knowing. 
I, I don't know. So yeah, I did that. So it was a very like European cultural weekend. Strange. I will say this for both the Polish themed wedding and Oktoberfest, I ate a lot of cheese. You wouldn't, I don't really associate either of those with cheese. At the wedding, they had smoked cheese. Mm-hmm. And then they had like cheese strings. I don't know. It was strange. It was good though. You mean I string cheese, cheese, Pat? So I kept eating it. Do you mean string what? cheese? Do you mean string cheese, not cheese strings? No, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like that. It's not like the kind you would take out of that wrapper. It okay. was like um, very thin and like curly. Interesting. But it was just cheese. Yeah. Hmm. Then Oktoberfest, they had like the cheese dips for pretzels. Yeah cheese beer thing dipping i don't even know what it was yeah so yeah i got that hard body going on right now i'll tell you that much yeah just like a isn't hard body you mean just like a hard like a uh, ball of beer and cheese just like cementing itself in your stomach 100 percent. yeah like if you punch me in the stomach right now your hand might break yeah is that why you're not feeling so good do you think <laughs> why oh you mean like why i have a cold yeah no. okay there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. I was in uh, I was in Milwaukee this weekend. Went up there. Oh, also I went to uh, I went to the comedy club on Wednesday. That was good times. Uh, there was. Who'd you see? There I, I didn't I honestly cannot remember the names of any of the people. They had like uh, it's interesting when you see these people go up. Like sometimes you go to the comedy club and it'll be like an MC and opener and then like a headliner. Sometimes just an opener and a headliner. Sometimes just a headliner. In this case, there was like the MC, and then there was like four openers, and each opener was doing like maybe seven minutes up there, and it was very interesting to see them. Like, obviously, maybe they're just trying some stuff out because there's a couple little things, but you really see kind of um, when you, we saw a few people up there that were like, you could tell this guy was kind of an amateur because one thing you never notice with a good comedian is they never stumble over their words. Like they never say something and then uh, wait, and, you know and then repeat themselves or like even miss say a word, like when you but but when you see somebody that's not as good of it, and you see them do that, you realize how much that throws off the whole joke. Like if they're doing the punchline to something and then and they say the wrong word and realize they're saying the wrong word and then kind of go back on it, it really throws everything off. So you really see like when you see these guys that are pros, they do the routines like hundreds of times sometimes, you know. And then they finally do like the it's big. It's the same show for the most time. For the most for part, the most yeah. Part. They, they say they'll do like little tiny variations here and there, but for the most part, it's the same show, and they'll do that for however long they can get away with it. A lot of times, so they'll do like a Netflix special or something, because once somebody's seen a Netflix special, they can't keep doing those same jokes. But you see, right. it was good to see a variety of. I mean, like some, like I said, some of the acts that we listened to were not that good, um, and then some were funny. Uh, so it's kind of a, a variety, but like you really get to see. You could tell who had been, who was a refined comedian and who was not. And even if they're refined, that doesn't mean their jokes are good, but at least, like, you can even tell if somebody's jokes are good just on their delivery. Isn't it crazy how some of the big dogs can do, like, two-hour shows? It is really crazy. Because, I mean, it, it's a lot of memory, and it's a lot of, I mean, because a lot of those guys, they're not looking down at notes. Like, every once in a while, you'll see some comedian that goes down and looks at a piece of paper but the good ones are not doing that. And they'll do, yeah, they'll do two hour sets and they'll just have it all memorized. And they can do that same. Nuts, man. It is nuts. It is nuts. And like, yeah, it is just so ingrained in your mind. I think you're just so used to saying it. And you've done it enough times that it feels comfortable, but it is just such a weird, uh, it's very, it's, it is a lot more. I think there's a lot more skill in it than people realize. 
So seven minutes sounds like pretty amateur. Yeah, but I mean, I think they were, like I said, I think it was just, it was like four people doing seven minutes and then the headliner did maybe like 45 minutes. Um, ah, do you yeah. have a favorite comedian? Uh, I have a couple guys that I like a lot. Uh, I would say, I think Jim Gaffigan is amazing how funny he's able to be without, with, with being like family friendly. Like he, you, you could bring a fam, you could bring, you know, it's like PG rated type comedy, but he's very funny. And then there's guys that, you know, most people kind of cannot do it and keep it clean and not keep a clean show. Um, but I like him a lot. Um, there's some, I'm going to know I'm going to forget some of the names, but here, but like big Sebastian Menescalco guy, uh, Theo Vaughn, big Theo Vaughn guy. Um, Pat Oswald. There's, uh, I like Jim Jeffries. I, there's, there's a ton of guys that, that, uh, I'm big fans of, but it's just, it's always impressive when you see those guys that are, that are up there doing their stuff. What about you? Do you like, do you, do you like Bill Burr? That's the only comedian I ever really followed. I like Bill Burr. I don't know if I've seen a ton of his stuff. Oh yeah. I he's like the only other podcast I really listen to. Yeah. You know, you got Chubb step, the real boys, and then you got, um, Bill Burr. That's about and it. And bold predictions and the Tejas and little Stevie show. I gotta jump on that train. You're right. Yeah. Bird up. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that happened. Then yeah, I went to Milwaukee. Uh, there was I was there Friday, Saturday. Played in a volleyball tournament there, and uh, I posted this on Instagram, JRedZ3. But it was the seventh year in a row I'd been doing this volleyball tournament. It was the first tournament that I ever played in at Marquette, and uh, we I played there for four years, and then three years I've just been making a team and bringing it back. They do a preseason tournament where you can just bring whatever team you want and play in this tournament. And uh, the uh, the team that won uh, was a like an old group of I mean the, all the guys you were look it was like the most underwhelming team you've ever seen in your life. There was like these guys that all they were all in their maybe mid thirties, I would say, and like you know definitely older than you know probably average ten year older than most of these guys playing at maybe fifteen years older for some of these guys. And they, you know, not like big, tall guys. And I don't, for some reason, they just, they've been playing together for a while and just like won this tournament against got a lot of guys. You know, I would say half the teams there are college teams. And uh, just, it was interesting. You just don't, sometimes people like the, you know, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. That was kind of like the definition of this team. Couldn't you argue, argue since, since they've played together longer, that they're a better team, that they know each other better? Yeah. No, I I would agree with that. And honestly, I don't know if there is a better, like a more, uh, a sport that requires more of a team chemistry than volleyball. Like I don't, in basketball, you can have one player that's amazing. Football, football follows this pretty well too. But like in basketball, you can have, if you had like LeBron James on a, uh, you know, on any team, that team would be like amazing. You know, regardless how crappy the rest of the team was. But if you had like a amazing volleyball player on a team surrounded by crappy guys, like that guy, that volleyball player needs somebody to at least set him the ball, or if he's a setter, he needs somebody to pass him the ball so that and then somebody else to hit it. Like you always, because you can only touch it once, and you basically need three touches every time. Volleyball is one of those sports you really need. Like, you know, you, the whole team needs to actually be pretty solid. You can't just have one good guy. One good guy can make some difference, but it can't make a massive difference. And Football's the same where you could have an amazing quarterback, but if your offensive line sucks or you have no wide receivers to throw it to, it doesn't really make a difference. I think that was a pretty biased statement to make by you, Jared, to say that volleyball requires the most um, solid team overall. I just uh, also said football. What about baseball? 
Um, if you had an amazing pitcher, you could. I mean, obviously not for a whole season, but I, I, that one that one is close. But I think for that one, for the whole, I mean, you could have one pitcher that was so amazing that you could never, nobody could ever swing the ball. Jared, if you don't score any runs, you don't win. Exactly. I'm saying so. I'm saying there it has a factor, but I'm saying like one guy that's amazing volleyball cannot it cannot change the game like one guy amazing guy in baseball or one amazing guy in basketball. Uh, baseball, you still need more. You still need a lot of. Te- I'm not saying it's not a, a. You need a lot of team sport, but it's it just not as much to me as some of the other is football and volleyball. I, again, I am biased, of course. Um, yep, that was it. Um, so I asked. Also, I talked to my grandma. Have I talked about this with my grandma in the lottery? So my grandma, um, she was like, I was talking to her when there was that big lottery going on. I was like, Grandma, what would you do if uh, you won the lottery? And then, uh, because she, she's got some money saved away and she doesn't really spend money at all. You know, she's kind of just like, she has her house paid off. She just kind of lives. She, I don't know. I don't, you know, she doesn't spend her money really at all. And I was like, what would you do if you won the lottery? And this is like when it was millions and millions. And she's like, oh, I'd probably get a new Avalon. And, uh, it was just such a different, <laughs> like she has like a 2013, 2014 Toyota Avalon. And what she would do if she won hundreds of millions of dollars is buy a brand new Toyota Avalon, probably valued at like $40,000 maybe. Um, it was just a very, <laughs> very different mindset you see with different types of people. I thought it was very interesting. What would you do? We've talked about this before. I mean, I, I obviously you'd want to. Uh, the money truck, baby. There's a lot of you. There's some stupid things you feel like you would have to do with the money, right? Obviously, I'm not going to spend a majority of money or even a small amount of money on this, but like a very small amount of money. I said just because there's two things and I have talked about this on previous shows, but I'd want to put up a uh, I'd want to buy all the billboards um, in Chicago and just have pictures of uh, me with a white background just doing things with no explanation on it. That's so a just a lot of money, Jared. Well, this I'm so this is I'm talking about Pat. If this were such a this is like stupid things you'd want to do with the money. I'm like obviously you'd want to buy a fancy house and fancy cars and get your family stuff and friend stuff and trips and parties whatever like you know and obviously some money to charity and some money to savings and all the different stuff like that right i'm just talking about stupid stuff like that i said that's a, i i asked her the, like the craziest thing she'd want to do and that's like what she was she wanted really the only thing she'd want to do is get an, a toyota avalon the new one. Oh, that's yeah that's quite the upgrade you got four years there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she's you know uh, it's just, yeah, different. You just see the different, like, you know, depression era type when she was born and, you know, just this, you know, like I said, and I can appreciate saving too. That's, you know, you and me have been living at home to save up money. I think we can appreciate saving as well, but like, it's just, it's still all new level. Um, do you want to talk about you, what you would do with the lottery money, Pat? Um, well, I guess it really depends how much money, if you're talking about a Powerball, first yeah. of all, you probably lose about half of it right away. You do. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's almost like false advertisement, yeah. in my opinion, because all all of it goes to taxes, or like fifty or forty five percent goes to taxes. Yeah. So you're ready in half. It's still a lot of money. Yep. Um, I would put at least enough of it. So I mean, I know it's a, it's more than enough to retire, but in case anything ever happens, yeah, I would yeah, put yeah. enough of it away. Um, if I could buy myself something nice, though. Um, I think I would have like my whole entire house just like neon lights on every part of the wall. That sounds horrible. I like it. 
I still haven't gotten mine. <laughs> Bet you got to figure that out. Somebody stole money from you. You just got scammed. It was $25. Time is money, man. Yeah, but also money is money. Money is money. But I just don't care. Okay. Because <laughs> you know you know what? It's going to show up in the mail one day, a year later, two years later. I'm going to cherish it forever. <laughs> okay. Can't wait. Can't wait. For those who don't remember, Pat ordered a thing on Facebook that he saw that said all you had to pay for was shipping for a Guns N' Roses neon light. Is that correct? I mean... Yes, it is correct. When you clicked on the link, it's not very big, so it seemed a lot more realistic. There was a lot of comments on there. I didn't see anything bad. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, and then you or never you know got what? it. Maybe they shipped that it was a while and someone ago. just stole it. It's always a possibility, right? That happens all the time, man. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Cruising down the street, see a package on a front step, there's people who take it. You never know. Why not? I had a guy steal clothes from me one time. Did they even fit him? Was he a fat guy? Um, well, I have no idea who did it, Jared, but I ordered clothes from Amazon. It got delivered to my house. By the time I got home, someone took the package. Wow. Now, it was only like $40 worth of khaki pants, but still, it's the point. It is the point, and now you don't have khaki pants. I know, because I, I don't want to go to a store and try on khaki pants. That's just one thing I don't want to do. No, any other type of pants you'll try. So I got my measurements at home, and I ordered a couple pairs. I'm not a big store guy either, Pat. Um, no. Usually going to the store means you end up buying more. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a Nathan For You episode where they try to get guys to go into stores more by having a place where if guys are going shopping with their girlfriends, they have like a man cave in the background um, that they can go hang out in while the girls are shopping. I mean, trust me, I know guys. All we need is a beer in our hand and a bro by our side, and we are out of the way. Wow, that really seals the deal. (laughs) You'll just see the episode. It's pretty funny. Um, Okay, Pat, how about an email here? Okay. It says, Chubb for you. And this is from not Trevor Starosky. So, if you could create and direct a sleeper cell of rogue employees within any company or organization with the goal of threatening chaos and mayhem for some sort of personal gain, what company would you choose and why? I'm confused by the question. So, if you could uh, bring in, so let's say somehow you got a bunch of employees in an organization to work for you, and then when you wanted, they would cause a bunch of chaos and mayhem, and you did that for some purpose that you could benefit from. I bu- so like a store that I hate or a company that I hate? Could be a company that, yeah. What's a good company you hate or a company that you love that you're blackmailing to get you free stuff maybe or something like that? Well, Jared, I'm not a scumbag, so I wouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, company you hate would be better. Let's go with that. Yeah. What's a company you hate? Company company I hate. I think if I had to think of one company that I hate, it'd be Spirit Airlines, but I feel like everybody already hates them. So I don't really know what else I could do that would make people dislike them more. Like already their flights like get delayed the most. You have to pay for even a cup of water on the flight. Every single bag you have to pay for basically. Um, You end up never paying what it says you're going to pay basically on the ticket. It's basically a scam. I hate Spirit Airlines. I'll never fly it. Um, I don't really fly at all, so it's tough for me to say that. Okay. Um, So like to me – 
the the only there's like honestly there's nothing else I could make it worse with Spirit Airlines. It's like yeah I, I couldn't make it any people already hate it, so couldn't really do anything there. I would say Buzzfeed. Okay, yes, I like this. I like this. <laughs> yeah, that's. I just I don't agree with a lot of the blogs that are posted. I don't think it's anything against BuzzFeed or what they stand for. I just don't like a majority of the people they hire. So I don't like what they write. So if I don't we like the if we could get okay, here's 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 what I'm thinking for your spat. If we could get a a group of bloggers okay, into okay, BuzzFeed. You know, you know what? I can specify on this, Jared. Okay. I can specify. All right, let's this. hear you. BuzzFeed, you'll have a list of like the top 25 things to do in Chicago or Milwaukee or the top 10 pizza states or something. Yeah. It's all based off one person's opinion. Yeah. You know, that's what pisses me off the most. It's like it's not like there's any like market research or anything like that or statistics. It's just one person saying that they represent a gigantic thing. And that's what I don't like about BuzzFeed. I agree. Uh so the way we could fix this is we get a bunch of people, let's say we get a bunch of people hired for BuzzFeed. And when you give the signal, all they write about is Guns N' Roses. No. You would hate that because they would they would mess it up. Yeah. I think, um, how do we cause chaos at BuzzFeed? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's tough. I mean, it already kind of sucks, but people like it. So it's like, I don't know, you make it good, people don't like it. Yeah, how about you we actually have it about actual, like, uh, political top, like, like actual, like, facts, like, ec- economics and stuff like that, like little things about, um, here's about the wage gap, um, here's actual facts, like statistics from the FBI about crime statistics or family statistics or, <laughs> like, like actual real information, and I think that would cause such a chaos people would stop uh, reading the information. Yeah, like instead of talking about the top 10 moments on the real world, like we talk about like the economy or something. Top 10 GDP uh, in Europe. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I think that's the way to shut down BuzzFeed. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Did you have something you want to get to here? Uh, I have two really quick things. Okay, because I'm going to throw – what I'm going to do here right now is I'm going to throw in the uh, – me and Trevor reviewed a, a, a Jeff Goldblum uh, movie or as a TV show uh, in a prior uh, episode that was not released. So I'm going to throw that in right here and then we'll get to Pat's stuff. Hi, hi, hi. I'm Chef Goldblum. You, you interest me strangely. You have uh, you've uh, uh, tapped into some kind of secret vein. Why would you do that to Goldblum? What's Goldblum ever done to you? What's Goldblum ever done to you? Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Because she's sweet and like a peach and like a juicy and sweet. You're afraid to be too Goldblum. He thinks if he smells Goldblum, he's going to be Goldblum. By jamming them into his pocket. I'm going to get my Goldblum on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, People always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? So this is actually a TV show. I mean, Trevor, like I said, just watch this. Mr. Show with Bob and David. So this was from Season 4, Episode 8. Jeff Goldblum had a voiceover part in this, but we'll get to that in a second. So this show is starring David Cross, who played Tobias in Arrested Development, and Bob Odenkirk, who plays Saul in Better Call Saul. Or Saul in Breaking Bad. Or Saul in Breaking Bad also. So... 
this was kind of a little sketch show that they did, kind of a Mad TV type show, SNL Mad TV type show. Low budget. Low budget, but Mad TV wasn't super was high bad. budget. Oh, and these are big yeah. names too. Yes. So this, I don't know, you know, like, I think these guys are both fairly funny. I've seen uh, David Cross's stand-up. I've seen, they're both good they're actors right in general, yeah. yeah. But these kind of shows just, they pop up a decent amount of time. I mean, this is like, you know, Key and Peele is this type mm. of show. There's a bunch of these type of shows. They did do something a little different that I haven't seen before, which is every one of their skits, like, transition to the next Yeah, skit. they're all connected. Yeah, yeah, they're all connected in some way. It was pretty loose. Some, mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it would just be they're walking into some building and it said, this person spoke here in 1923, and then it would go to that scene of that person speaking in 1923. Like, it was just sometimes it would just be a week you know, transition, but at least it was something to connect all the different uh, sketches. Do you ever think so they had to do the show in one take? No, it clearly was not in one take. <laughs> it, that's a difference, though. Yeah, it didn't seem, it wasn't like a live type show. Like right. SNL is they had live. A, they had a studio audience, but it wasn't like it, it was live. It definitely was not yeah. live. Yeah, because this stuff was all definitely pre recorded. So, yeah, this is season four, episode eight from 1998. And basically, the sketch that Jeff Goldblum was in was oh sorry this is directed by john moffat and john moffat directed the ed sullivan show oh, everybody's right. favorite ed sullivan show uh for actually a lot of episodes yeah and then he directed some of this a lot of ricky gervais stuff like that uh older guy but interesting choice for this but uh mr jeff goldblum was the official civil war narrator voice so in this sketch and the sketch actually was pretty decent uh it's about it was like one of those uh, Ken Burns-type documentaries about two guys that were reenacting the Civil War, not actually a Civil War scene. So they did a lot of those kind of, like, shots where they do, like, the moving picture, like, stills and a lot of that. And uh, Jeff Goldblum, the only – he's not the normal narrator throughout the whole thing. He just reads one postcard, as you yeah. noticed. Yeah. So a small paragraph. A small that. paragraph. And no – like, it is, you don't see him talking – there's no other mention of him. You wouldn't even know Anything, it was coming, yeah. You wouldn't know it was coming. If you just watched this episode, unless you were paying attention and looking for it like I was, you would not know he was even in this episode. Yeah. Clearly it was him, but he probably is on this, you know, talks for 20 seconds. And this is after Jeff Goldblum is famous. This is not like yeah, just what, early in his career. Yeah, 98. Yeah. yeah, he definitely has been in a lot of things by this point. So this is kind of just a random, like, I wonder if he was just, like, walking by the studio one day, and they're like, hey, could you record this for a second? Because that's the kind of thing it seemed like it was. Like, you're it not seems gonna, like a Jeff Goldblum thing to do, yes, too. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that they were like, hey, we really need Jeff Goldblum for this part. Let's get him in here, because he just, you don't see him, and he, he talks for 20 seconds. He doesn't play piano. He doesn't, no, he doesn't do anything. Any yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just reads it straight off the, you know, the script, just, you know, in their writing. So... Uh, the sketch was pretty decent. There were some other, there were some funny things uh, throughout the episode. Like, uh, what I liked is they kind of made fun of the, which I've talked about on the show before, when they're making the campaign races and then they'll have one person's, uh, like, some pro thing for one candidate and then the next episode will be, like, bashing that like ad that they just saw. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen that back-to-back where yeah. they'll have one just for a person and then the next one is against them. And it just goes from a lighthearted yes. to this dark. Yeah, this super same dark. guy says that. Yeah, so whatever. they made yeah. fun a lot of fun of that. Um, they did some, yeah, reparation stuff with Mississippi, which was relevant for me being in Mississippi last week. You know, We shouldn't recently. have an opinion on it. Yes, should not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but... 
I would say, but it, the thing with these sketch shows, it's like Mad TV and all this stuff. They're so hit or miss all the time. They really are, and, and, and that's that's why they don't last that long. It has to hit like a niche. It has to be like, oh, yeah. this is something I really like that. Yeah. Nobody and else especially when these kind of shows, like SNL is live and there's a different aspect. You're like, you're expecting some failure and you're expecting so like that, you know, they have to get this stuff done each week and they do it every right. week. So you, you let a little bit more go with these kind of shows and it's all pre-recorded. You kind of, you have to do it perfect. And this it's like, it has some good stuff. It has some bad stuff. So clearly this is going to be Harry Connick Jr.'s middle tier one for me. Or as the good Reverend would say, why we on this particular mission, we'll never know. But I do know here today that the Black Knights will emerge victorious once again. Amen, man. Amen, Reverend. Do you yeah. agree with that, Trevor? Do you I, I do agree that? with that. There okay. were funny parts, but like it's 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 watchable, but yeah. it's not something I'd go out of my way to watch. I don't think I'm going to watch any more of the episodes. No, no. But I wouldn't be like I, I could see some people being like, oh yeah, I like that show back in the day. Right. Yeah. But you know, whatever. It's okay. Whatever, Trevor. Whatever. At whatever, Trevor. At whatever, Trevor. Whatever, Trevor. Find Trevor there, yes. Okay, Pat. I'm sure that I'm sure that was magically delicious. It was. You can't wait to hear it on every Thursday on Chubstep. Booze news. I got uh, booze news. <laughs> it's really hard to find a fall drink that's not like pumpkin related or, or apple related. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why those are the two highest names. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the other thing. I've seen one that, like, just to me, it felt like winter. Like, it was like a like a hot chocolate thing with um, peppermint in it. I'm like, isn't that kind of like Christmas time? Yeah, hot chocolate, it's got to be. I don't think you can have hot chocolate legally till like, after after Thanksgiving. Just like you shouldn't play Christmas music until December. I can agree with that. <laughs> When does that start? That has to start soon. When does December start? It's uh, December 1st, right after no, uh, November. Oh, my God. Yeah. When does the Christmas music start? <laughs> when does it start? I think I think people a lot of times will do it after Thanksgiving because it's the next holiday coming up. I'll bet you money we hear it before. All right. How about this? If there's Christmas music playing on a radio station in Chicago before Thanksgiving, you have to write a blog about why that is. Okay. Sounds good. And if not, and if yeah. not I have to write a blog about why I thought that would be. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I like these blog bets. Money down. Money down. Anyway, there we go. Here's one I came across courtesy of Pinterest, but then I clicked the link because I don't have Pinterest. <laughs> That's always my issue. Like, I'm looking for recipes sometimes for food, and I click on it, and then it's a Pinterest link, and then I just have, like, all right, guess I'm not cooking that. Yeah. So, anyways, this is courtesy of eatyourselfskinny.com. Wow. <laughs> the website. Um,. Fall harvest sangria. Ingredients include Honeycrisp apples, a pear, orange sliced, uh, pomegranate seeds or cranberries, two cinnamon sticks, a bottle of your favorite white wine, two and a half cups of fresh apple cider, half a cup of vodka. Oh, I'm reading how much there is. Uh, Vodka club soda. I don't want to read the amount of ingredients for each because I feel like that doesn't do justice to eatyourselfskinny.com so if yes. you're dying to know go to eatyourselfskinny.com also they, here's one thing I didn't understand they included the ingredients that serve six like what if you're just hanging out by yourself and you just want to make one um I think then you're an alcoholic I, no, I think you can <laughs> enjoy a drink responsibly you can enjoy one I know, I know. 
Um, that's a good. So I think you just what I you think would that do. This promotes alcohol. So what you do, Pat? You can make, uh, you know, a drink that serves six just by yourself and not even know. I'm like, just going to go, read the article here's, a, here's a little trick uh, in the uh, in the recipe world, in the cooking world. If something says it has six servings in it and you just want to make it for one, what you just do is divide all that by six. <laughs> well, Jared, I want them to visit the website. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this do is something, justice. do you like a sangria, Pat? You a sangria guy? Um, I've had sangria, but not with the white wine yeah um yeah I, i'm okay with it i've had it sometimes you know it's uh I, I can enjoy it's one of those things it's different you know something different that i don't have a lot and uh i'm a fan i just thought i would throw it in there because i associate sangria with summertime and they yeah it's interesting it's a different people. take on a sangria I, I like it and you're big and you're big supporter of i uh, eat yourself skinny so uh, it's good to give them a plug too <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And, uh, we haven't done it in a while because it's been real shitty, but I got three national days of the week. I could just run through. I was going to ask days. you about that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, the 19th. So if you're listening, yep. it's National Seafood Bisque Day. I love that shit. Ooh. Lobster bisque. You? Fantastic. Lobster bisque is one of my favorites. Lobster bisque. Lo- fantastic soup. I know, and I'm not a soup guy, but I love bisque. What's the difference? I think bisque is a creamy soup. Um, let me see here. It's a smooth, creamy, high-seasoned soup of French origin. Strained broth of crustaceans. Um, so, yeah, I, I've really only had, I think, lobster bisque. I don't think I've – maybe I've had a crab bisque before. Um, I had a combo where it was lobster and crab. Okay. Yeah, but just – it's almost never done poorly, right? I mean, it's one of those ones that kind of always turns out well. I hate using a spoon. Like, I just want to gulp it up. Yeah. Yeah, good call on that, Pat. Good call on that. Hey, so the 21st is Sweetest Day. Are you getting your sweet one something, Jared? Um. Well, I thought you were kind of my sweet one, and I don't really, I didn't really think of anything, so. Well, what the hell am I getting? Um, do you like Swedish fish? Yeah, who doesn't? I'll get you Swedish. Oreos. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll get you Swedish fish Oreo. That's what I was going to say. That's um. horrible. <laughs> That's terrible. I gotta say, terrible. I've only participated in Sweetest Day one time, and I talked to that girl for like a month. So if you want my advice, don't participate in Sweetest Day. It sets high expectations. I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Sweetest Day? It's like a Hallmark holiday. It's like the Valentine's Day of October. Sounds like yeah. Okay, gotcha. So you're just you're supposed to give somebody. It's just an excuse to buy somebody something. Like make them a card. Go okay. pick some flowers. Don't buy them anything. Okay. Otherwise, Pat will be disappointed. Yeah. And yeah. finally, the 24th is National Food Day. Okay, which, what? Uh, you know, who comes <laughs> up with these? And the same, the same day is National Bologna Day. So does that make bologna the king of food? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, bologna is horrible. I don't think I've had it in like 10 years. Bologna, the only way to enjoy bologna, in my opinion, is if you fry bologna, for some reason, it gets much better. If you like throw it on a frying pan, it, it becomes more uh, like bacony almost. Um, it's it's much much significantly better tasting if you throw it on a frying pan. I forget who it was, but one of my friend's moms made my like lunch one day after like you know we had like a, a camp out or something, and I had a bologna and Miracle Whip sandwich, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever. Miracle had in my Whip, life. We, Miracle can uh, throw you off if you're not ready for it. 
Miracle Whip's horrible. So is bologna. I don't agree with sharing that as the same day as National Food Day. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems like a cop out. I agree. National Food Day seems like a cop out. Whoever thought of that? Yeah, like no shit. I'm gonna eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pay. You want to get to some Tanzania news? The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that these patients are now transmitting. You know what you guys get? Fugazi. It's a fake. Fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a wazi. It's a fairy dust. What are you, from Tanzania? Yes, I am. Okay. Africa's richest man, Aliko Dangote, criticizes Tanzania president over policies. So it's here's what's really oh, he did it. Yeah, here's what's really crazy about this is uh they have a picture here and it's showing like um uh there it's like for, like the, the picture right under the caption. I'm looking at it and it's like Magafuli and then some white guy and I'm like, the richest man in Africa is a white guy, that's interesting. And then it's just not that's I then looked up who Aliko Jared, have you been to South Africa? This guy's not he's from uh uh Nigeria, this rich uh, Aliko Dangati. So I was like, well this is interesting. Like I just you know, I just not what I was picturing and then I look then this picture is just not even related to this thing at all. This picture that they have like the guy the this picture that they chose for right underneath the caption, just not even the people involved in uh <laughs> this article. So great choice on their part. Um shout out to Forbes. Uh, <laughs> for this great article. But here's the deal. Um, uh, Alico Delgante, uh, he's estimated at $13.2 billion, and he is Africa's richest man, as I mentioned. Uh, he is saying that uh, all these new policies that Magafuli are making, there's a lot of them that are bad for foreign investors. So he did something where he signed a new mining bill, which allows the government to take as much as 16% of foreign-owned mining companies for free. So, like... Basically, a couple of these things he's made are they allow um, like the company has given up given up a certain certain percent of their company shares, a certain percent of their ownership, and then the government can kind of just buy this up. So basically, the government is part owning some of these companies. So like they required them to float twenty five percent of their shares on Dar es Salaam's uh, thinly traded stock exchange, and then they found out later. So like they're like, all right, you have to put it up on our stock exchange, and then the government just bought it up. Uh, so they like just weird things like that. Um, and they found out when they, when I was talking about, uh, Magafuli putting all those, like that 190 billion on taxes and fines for that, uh, mining company last week, they said that their stocks have fallen 50% because of that. Um, and then there's just a way to go. Yeah. So not all these things that he's doing are, are so fantastic in the economic sense here. Um, but again, this is one guy's opinion. He doesn't like these. Uh, he doesn't like these uh, different policies because he's a foreign investor in Tanzania. So he likes things to be his way. It's always one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, you can see it both ways. Uh, you know, Magafuli wants to keep things in Tanzania, and these investors want to make it easier to invest in Tanzania, which also will benefit them. But also, when you're hearing the opinion of somebody who's an investor in Tanzania, obviously he's going to be biased. So it's like, yeah, he's saying all these things like, oh, look at all these crap things that the president's doing. But also that's because he wants to make more money, so he doesn't want there to be these policies. Not that I disagree with him, but uh, that's just, you know, just a little thought there. Just anytime you're hearing information, just uh, realize the motive behind it because usually it's not just a, you know, not coming out of nowhere type of thing. 
Good take. Good take. Anything else you want to get to, Pat? <laughs> no. <laughs> get you some coffee, and that'd be perfect. Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, then we will uh, wrap up the show there. People can email the show, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Chubstep Podcast. Rate us on iTunes. We really need those iTunes ratings, guys. Big, big, big time. Share the podcast with a friend. And then also follow us on Instagram, Jersey 3 Pat Callahan, 44044, either one. And uh, the show is ended. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.